Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Origin Story, where we dive into how your favorite YouTubers got started and where they are going. I am Mike. And I'm JP, and today our guest is Autumn Bates of her YouTube channel, Autumn Bates. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being here today. Okay, good. I was like, I was like, I was just making sure that was Autumn Bates. For some reason, I thought it was Autumn, Autumn L. Bates. Autumn L. Um, no, good. Yeah, that, I was like, I just the... double check. You, you know, you have sometimes you have that. That moment of like, panic oh, like, where you're like, it's the self. The it's Autumn Bates, a self, you know, titled YouTube channel, yep. Autumn Bates. So here we are. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. That yeah, is a thank good. Thank you so much. That is a good question, though, which I want to talk about later. Is like, do you have a, a branding Autumn L. Bates? And then your mm -hmm. self-titled YouTube channel, but that's we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Um, we were already going down some definite rabbit holes before this. So, for those who don't know our guest, Autumn Bates is a certified clinical nutritionist, helping to create a better and healthier life for everyone on her self-titled YouTube channel. She has a passion for providing the science behind nutrition and exercise on her channel, but she provides it in this amazing balance between too much science but very, very easy things to understand. It's, it's something that is very hard to do because I can imagine, Autumn, you wanna go down the rabbit hole of all the science because that's your master's degree and everything that you love, but you gotta keep it somewhat high level and easy to understand and you do it very, very well. So Autumn has a master's in sports nutrition and has helped professional athletes, including Elliot Sloan, who's a, a hero of mine. So I'm really stoked to see that on your channel and thousands of others crush their goals and become better people. Her channel is home to over 325,000 subscribers who have watched her 331 videos over 20 million times. Tune in twice a week to see a new video from Autumn and help motivate you to find your best self. Also check out her other social media so you can stay up to date with what she has going on and get involved in some of her challenges. That is something I think is a really interesting way to you know, bring your audience into uh, some fun, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. Challenges are always just a fun way to actually get people involved and have the steps and strategies put into place so that they know what they're doing. They have a group to do it together. It's more than anything, it's the group mentality and having a support system where you know other people are in it as well. I think that's where the, the real value of the challenges come in. Yeah. Gotta have some skin in the game. Absolutely. Right. I, I also think it's such an interesting way. It's not, it's not just like responding to comments or, you know, doing the ask me anything on Instagram like it's it's really a great way to create a true community that is mm -hmm. behind the channel itself and and if you look at the numbers behind the channel you have something that's very very rare which is your subscriber count to your almost average watch count are pretty pretty close so like everyone who comes to your channel is very much there we talked about this earlier because they want to know about what's going yeah. on they have a question about something if it's keto or if it's fasting or if it's a new fad right. that you're going to break down something like that yeah and it's funny that you're talking about in the beginning on that balance between the science and the actionable steps of what you can actually do because that is a very fine line to to toe I found that around 20, I think it was like late 2019 after I first gotten my rhythm and, and like figured out, okay, I can do this whole like YouTube thing. I started to go a little bit, I think too much <laughs> into the science because that's where my mind is. And that's where my, I'm always focused on and studying and researching. So it's easy for me to accidentally like slip into that realm. 
Um, and that's where you lose people. Like people, like not saying that people can't follow it. It's just that it it's so easy to get into the nitty gritty that it's no longer applicable. And that's where I found my channel was really useful to, to everyone because it there is so much really great information out there. There are so much like so much research, so much um, information around nutrition that's constantly being found out. But there's a gap between what it is that people can do and how they can take that information and apply it to real life and what the researchers are actually finding. Yeah, no, that, and and you do you do put a lot of science into it, but you bring it back with like what this means for you in layman's terms. Like, um, and I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but like when, when you're talking about overworking out, you're like you're going to put yourself into this, 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 all the signs behind like what's going to happen in your body. And you're like, what that really means is you're not going to burn any fat. You're actually going to tell your body to force you to build fat, mm -hmm. which is the opposite of what you want right. to do. So like maybe overtraining is not what you should be doing. And here's how you figure out how to do it. So I, I love, I love how you like right. circle it back, but the people who want the science, it's there. You leave them with yeah. that enough. It's, it's interesting. Right. Yeah. Very digestible yeah. content. Very you digestible. To be able to extract the nutrients out of it. If you can't get the nutrients out <laughs> yeah. of it, then what's the point, right? Right. So let's get the good That's the same joke my fiance always makes whenever he's talking. Because he actually works at Google. And I used to go to the YouTube space. Um, and whenever he would introduce me to someone, he'd be like, oh, check out her channel. It's it's very digestible. Oh, yeah. And my like God. do a, a hard wink there. I'm just yeah. like, okay, check it. <laughs> right. The dad jokes are coming in already. Yeah, hey. yeah exactly. You got yeah. You got you got to <laughs> no, get him. Perfect. You got to get him warmed up because then when when you have kids later, then then they're just ready to go. And then he's ready. Yeah. He's yeah. been warmed up though since like <laughs> we were twenty years old, so he's he's fully ready to have all the dad jokes on. Him. <laughs> Good. I still right I still am warming up, and I'm on uh, potentially kid number two tonight. We'll find out. Um, wow. But yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy Im imminent. Um, but let's let's get back into who you are, Autumn, and and where you came from. So growing up in California which I find especially in uh, where you grew up in the Manhattan Beach kind of communities, um, it tends to be very focused on being outside. And there's a lot of people who are focused on nutrition and health and wellness in general, much more so than other states, maybe like, I don't know, the South and things like that, where biscuits and going to Popeye's is more prevalent. Um, how did you find that, that growing up in Manhattan Beach in that kind of community help you to become the person you are today was that the fundamental kind of subconscious I yeah i wouldn't say it was growing up in manhattan beach because growing up in manhattan beach wasn't like what it is to grow up in manhattan beach now ah. like when i was growing up at least it was it wasn't like la had touched it even those in la it didn't have that same type of la emphasis i think people think of when they think of la where it is very like I'm everyone's ripped, everyone's tan, everyone's like, you know, so focused on how um, they look. There's definitely aspects of that, but I don't think that's what really affected my interests. 100% and I always give credit to my dad. It was all my dad. My dad is a chiropractor and um, you know, he taught me how the body heals itself, how the, how the body can do um, a lot of really amazing things. And I always loved food. And seeing and from having that perspective of um, the body heals itself from the inside out, I wanted to apply that with food and see how if, you, if food's your main source of energy that you get every single day, if we take it in three times or more, depending on what style of eat you're eating per day, it has to have this huge impact on how your body heals, what type of um, like goals you can achieve through food. So it was more so less 
growing up in LA and being in Manhattan Beach, more so the chiropractic philosophy that my dad has and how he instilled that into me and how I feel like I've applied that to nutrition. Yeah. So I'd say, I guess uh, uh, to, to tag onto that, I mean, with your dad being a chiropractor and all that, I mean, obviously he's very kind of, you know, health focused, science-based focused as well. Um, but I mean, typically that comes from like a healthy household. Did you grow up playing a lot of sports? I mean, what was, what was that like growing up? Yeah. I mean, all the time. So I, I think I played pretty much every single sport you can play. I played basketball for 10 years, soccer for 11. I did club volleyball. I was in junior guards, which for anyone who's not in California, it's it's like a summer camp where they train you how to be a a lifeguard, essentially. So I did that. I was on the swim team, nowhere near the level that you're competing at, but um, I was on the swim team and dance team. I did pretty much everything. So sports was also, oh, I did the the triathlons, marathons, all that. So I love sports. Wow. I love the idea of competing. I love the idea of how you can make yourself better. Um, and definitely nutrition was just a natural component of that. Like you have to have that component to go along with being an athlete too. Yeah. But did you think of that when you were a kid though? Cause like I, I played, you know, pretty high level soccer when I was a kid, but I was like, I want McDonald's like immediately after this. Or like, I think I ate, you know, <laughs> we were like latchkey kids. So I was eating like cinnamon toast crunch for breakfast and like whatever for lunch. And then I'd get home and make like, I would make like a bag of popcorn of like blasto butter right. popcorn and then go to soccer practice or football practice stuff like that so like was your family always into this kind of like nutritious space or were you kind of you like, grew up, like you grew up the way that i wanted to grow up when i was that oh, age. Yeah. Like, <laughs> i wanted to have access to all those things but i just didn't i mean i'm thankful now that i didn't my parents were the parents who had like carrots and hummus and like guacamole at the house and all my friends would come over and be like oh it sucks here you don't have any food here <laughs> Yeah, you're like, and then what I'd am I go over to, to my friend's house. Yeah, and they would have like the cabinet of like fruit roll-ups, and oh my god, I remember one of my friends. So we'd go over to her house, and um, for for breakfast, her dad would make us these pancakes, where it's just like pure sugar pancakes, and then on top of the pancakes, he would then put butter and more sugar on top, like just sprinkle sugar on top of pancakes, <laughs> and then roll it up. So you crunch into it. It's like crunchy, sugary I mean, bites of just pancake sugar. And we'll put it on the record that that's how you should. You yeah, should what's grow not up. to love? Um, it's like that's you don't, the basic fundamental way to eat it. There's the ba- yeah. There's the balance between like there's a balance between like the carrots and hummus and like losing one of your like legs to diabetes. So you kind of have to find that middle ground. It sounds like um, yeah. No, I, I'm I'm just always curious, especially with like nutritionists. It's like how do they grow up? Either you know I don't know what it seems like in in kind of your in in the field, um, but it it just it always. I'm always curious of how they got to this space of like, yeah. you know, are you all, were you always nutritious? So like you wanted to be nutritious, but were you like sneaking snacks and stuff like that when you are a kid? You're obviously no, going to your friend's house and like, I Yeah, like I didn't want to when I was younger. I, I just loved food when I was younger and my parents were really healthy and they still are very healthy. So, you know, I was like taking collagen supplements at like nine years old when oh it was my. still considered the poor man's um, protein because it's not a complete protein. So collagen used to be super cheap. <laughs> Um, but I was, I was like doing that at a very young age and, um, I just loved food. I loved making food. I remember like, like I wasn't like a cool kid growing up. Like I didn't, I mean, I had friends, but I like, wasn't a super like cool kid growing up where, um, I was like part of the popular group or anything, but I would on the weekends, like have specific memories of like in sixth grade, walking down to our local grocery store and like 
writing down the ingredients I needed for a recipe and just spending the whole afternoon going through the aisles and studying all the different food and then getting that food and bringing it home, like making an awesome recipe. Like that, I just really liked food when I was younger. I wasn't necessarily interested in the how it affects you aspect until I started more like when I was like eight, 17, 18 training for triathlons and seeing how, oh, like the food that you eat can really have an impact on how you perform. Yeah, that's, that's pretty wild. So you said you were in sixth grade when you were doing that? Yeah, yeah, I was definitely. Your parents yeah, like, where you been? You were like, I've just been at the store. Yeah. <laughs> just been, but I got like yeah. a great recipe. Yeah, most kids exactly. aren't really cooking for themselves. Or like for me, it was like, no. that's, I always famously say that's how I got into cooking was just grilled cheeses because I think that's the yeah. gateway to cooking. Um, not your gateway. Uh, you took a different <laughs> path, but it's like, that, that's, that's interesting that you would, I mean, because most kids aren't into cooking like that. So yeah, it's weird. Like, absolutely. Was your family, was your family, always, was your family big into cooking? Like what, what kind of role did food take place in your family? My mom, yeah, my mom cooked and she made all of our food. Again, they're very healthy. So she understood that making the food at home would, would be the best option for us. However, it's not like she loves to cook. It's not like my mom like would spend time with me on like trying to teach me the intricacies of like cooking theories, like she just was always cooking. And so I found a natural interest in it and I would want to help and like make the meals with her, mm-hmm. but she's very controlling. And so she'd be like, you can stir this for six times and stop, like don't do anything else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's hilarious. <laughs> I love that idea. I'm, I, I can kind of, I've told that I can kind of be that way in the kitchen as well. Um, so you didn't get, you didn't get like the Sunday donut day, you know, dad goes out, picks up donuts, bring them back. Not, I, okay. So there was still a little aspect of that. Like I definitely remember as a kid calling my dad cause he would get off work at like six or six thirty, and he, his office was right across the street from the grocery store. And I have a lot of memories being like, dad, can you pick up chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream, please? And he would bring it home. Like there's still that normal aspect of like being a kid. But yeah. it just didn't happen all the time. Like we didn't have it at the house. We didn't have sodas. Like we we would have good high quality food. Just kind of the approach I have with nutrition too is that you most of the time eat really great health supporting foods. And then there's still that emotional aspect as well. Yeah. Yeah. And and so good then point. you you said like what was the the point of of your knowledge of food and how it affects you is when you started to do triathlon. Um, which is a community within itself that is very much conscious of, yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like it's it's one of those things once you start doing some, you go down a huge mm-hmm. path, um, oh, yeah. which is awesome. Uh, I love Although, the community. My dad just did a race on Saturday. I didn't do it because of uh, the potential expectation not wanting right. to be stuck right. somewhere because <laughs> they closed it. Where we were doing it, there was a road. So what was, your, what was your introduction to triathlon? Was it because your dad was doing it? Was it because – you wanted to do a specific race. How did you find that sport? Um, my dad did do triathlons when he was younger, but I don't think, I don't even remember how I, I'm just really competitive with myself and I really like to compete and I really like to see what I'm capable of. And it, this idea of doing a triathlon seems so, especially at that age at 17, where most people aren't actively mm-hmm. seeking out exercise. It's like for right. your sport, but pushing myself to do something that other people weren't was the more alluring part. So I think it was more so just being competitive with myself and, and wanting to do something that other people weren't doing, especially at my age. That's such a, that's such a strict thing to hold to mm-hmm. at that age. We're 17. Most kids are out, you know, whatever, partying, having fun, 
maybe they're playing their regular school sports but aren't really doing much on the weekends outside of like what they need to be doing um i i commend that because there's not a lot of people that do that also it kind of tick it kind of sparks this this whole piece even going back to you being in sixth grade and going to the grocery store it's like there's a lot of research there's a lot of discovery there's a lot of understanding there's this whole scientific process that literally goes into understanding these triathlons and food and how you should feel yourself and how you should train um were you always like very analytical and trying to break things down like that your whole life yeah um i i have a hard time understanding something or even remembering something if i don't understand it like I have to know the how in order to, and the why in order to understand, in order to remember something. Like I was always so jealous of kids in college who could memorize everything like the night before a test that I'm not capable of that. I don't have that type of memory. I would be, I would have to be the person who have to study from the moment that that Get the information was covered. <laughs> yes, like I, I had all of my notes down um, and I was studying every single night. Like. I had to do that in order to do well. Like I couldn't just memorize something. And I think it's just, I think that's helped me because it's the fact that I can, that I've put so much effort into understanding um, how things work that I can translate that to others and help them understand how something works. I, I just think oftentimes a lot of people don't stop and try and think about like, well, why would that happen? Like what, why is it that this type of food causes problems but this other food doesn't? Like what's the, the main thing to that that causes that? I just have a very, I think, I guess, a very curious nature that I need to know why that works and how that happens. Yeah, that makes sense, too, especially because when you're doing a try, one of the things that everyone tells you going into it is like, know your nutrition before the race. So then you get like the ideas Mm -hmm. of like, especially with like how your daily routine, like using salts and using all these things and like, okay, you want to use the, the products that you're going to use race day beforehand because you don't want to get an upset stomach and then you start to realize oh wow mm-hmm. like if i ate a snickers during my race i'd get an upset it's not like those things are very yeah. very much apparent in the community where like maybe not so much uh in soccer and in football and things like that you mm-hmm. see different things i think football especially um has changed significantly with nutrition uh over the past decade for sure you know you don't you don't see anyone getting advertised like uh eating hamburgers and things like that they've moved on to a different world but it's still there i think there's still certain things but i I like that idea from triathlon you you pulled you pulled that thread really hard so when you go to college you know you you go to university and then you determine your major was it was there even ever a time in your life where like hmm maybe i'm gonna get a marketing degree accounting could be nice for me or was it always like i knew what i love definitely not okay okay um yeah actually i originally applied to school to be a director like a film director okay that's the direction i initially was going to go this will no this will go nicely yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i initially um I mean, way back to that sixth grade time when I was interested in food, we had a really great film program at my middle school, my high school. So I was taking film and wanted to be a director from sixth grade. So like, what is that, 11 years old. So I had about seven years worth of like creating films, working on Final Cut Pro. So I thought like that's what I wanted to do. Um, So initially when I first started to go into college, it was for film. But then I very, very quickly, like as soon as I got there, decided like, I don't know about this film thing. (laughs) Um, How about like a science 
backing. And I don't even think I knew what I specifically wanted to do. Initially, I was like, okay, a medical doctor or a naturopath, or like there's a lot of different ways I was deciding on where my biology degree could take me. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until I transferred to University of Arizona where I finally like had the time to sit down and be like, so what is it that actually makes me happy? What is it that I focus on? And my mind always just kept coming back to how food affects the body. And even though something like a naturopath was alluring to me because it was more generalized on what, how you can help people, every all the ways that I felt like I could help people was through food. So I was like, why should I do something more general and I can be really great at something really specific? Yeah. So I'll take it even back to just high school. Were you like, was that kind of your, I mean, just based off of kind of, I think our minds think the same way as far as like research and, um, and well, you learn a little bit different than I do. I'll say I'm a visual learner, but I mean, were you taking, I, I mean, obviously you're taking a visual learner as well. Yeah. Well, you got both. So apparently that, that works well. <laughs> um, I don't have that, but so did you, um, like in high school was, were you drawn towards like the biology, the chemistry, anatomy? Like, was that no. always, no, no, not at all. Not like, at I all. Was, I was so you're really... doing sports, you're doing nutrition. So like, what did you like? And well, it's hard to say what you liked in high school, but it's what were you drawn yeah. to like class, like coursework wise in high school? I really, it's so all over the place. I, my class was history, actually. Oh, really? I loved okay. history. And yeah. And I think it's also seeing how things happen, like why right. we got to where we are. Like it's this kind of the same concept. And there's actually a lot of history to nutrition that people need to learn. And I eventually want to do a YouTube series on this. Um, but yeah, I wasn't interested in science at all. I was naturally pretty good at math. Like I didn't have to try too hard at math, but when it came to biology, I mean, I took what basic bio freshman year of high yeah, school. Like I had zero interest courses. in it. Yeah. And maybe it's just the teachers, like they weren't very inspiring, but I think I got like a C plus in that class, which yeah. is you know not great. Um, and it wasn't until later on that I did, like when I actually got into college that those okay. classes, those biology classes, I was like, oh, this is actually really interesting how this all works. And then I started getting good grades. <laughs> yeah, see that, and that's what I, that's what I was curious about because like that's kind of where I excelled. Like was in high school was like like these whether it's like biology or like AP chem classes and like anatomy, and I was very good at that. And then I was like, oh, I'm gonna go do chemistry. And then I got into college, and I was like, ah, never mind. I'm not good at like a lot of this testing part of chemistry. Very good at the practical part, but not right. like that. So I was curious if you had any like formulation from there. But it seems like you were focused on no. um, cooking yeah, was, weird recipes and spending your time at grocery stores <laughs> analyzing <laughs> ingredients. Yeah, yeah. Then, so it was then, it was somewhat scientific. I just didn't realize it. <laughs> yeah. Well, also like it's it's funny the the way. I mean, even you said you liked history. There is a there's a concept that's applied that's very you you can almost paint not with a too broad of a brush, but you can kind of paint a broad brush as far as like history. It's like you need to go all the way back and you need to understand everything so you can get to where yeah. you are today. It's funny that that you get to that point. So so you go to uh, University of Arizona, correct? And then mm-hmm. that's that's where you start. Did you go there because of that? Uh, of course, why'd you, why'd you go to Arizona? Like, I wish I could say it was for that reason, but it was actually for my my fiance. So he was at school at um, U of A and I was at Santa Barbara, and which is where we live now. Um, but I was planning on transferring over to UCSB to go to the university here. And he was like, hey, well, we're dating, so you should probably come over here. Um, so it actually worked out amazingly. It couldn't have worked out better because they don't have a nutrition program at UCSB, but they did uh-huh. at University of Arizona. And in fact, they have this amazing study abroad program where I was able to go study abroad um, in Italy, studying the Mediterranean diet for nutrition. So 
it all worked out. It just wasn't on purpose. That's a pretty interesting. So I think, uh, I think this kind of goes into one thing that you, you do well on your channel too, is like diet is kind of this marketing word that's been created, you know, as fads where so many things change, but they're truly the same kind of thing, right? Like there's so many diets that just get rebranded and over and over. One yeah. of those that's not been rebranded a million times is the Mediterranean diet because it literally is a cultural diet. It's not a diet. It really is like a cultural thing. So what did you right. learn from that? From studying abroad? Yeah. For and, the Mediterranean program? Yeah. You, you know, you learn how bad nutrition science is because you assume that like this, idea of the Mediterranean diet being so perfect, so healthy, there's actually not very much research behind that, but it keeps on getting repeated over and over and over again. That Mediterranean diet ranks again in the top 10 for the U.S. diet and health, whatever. Like it's, it, there really isn't much research behind it. And the research that is behind it is all epidemiological. And when you mm. actually learn, um, like this is something that I've been really trying to help my audience understand is that when it comes to the how great a, a study is going to be, epidemiological is one of the worst levels of studies there is, just because it, it by um, definition, can't tell you cause and effect. So if you do any study with an epidemiological study, which just means that you're studying a population, so you're just looking at a population, seeing if you can find trends, um, that's pretty much all an epidemiological study is. You can't Would you say that's very say, subjective? I mean, it's kind of subjective, yeah. It. It is to an extent because you're looking at how it is that you can um, connect the dots. Like you're putting in your own bias there mm, by just there trying go. to see yeah. how you can connect the dots. It's still studies. Like you can't manipulate the data so much where it's totally subjective, but there is going to be bias from that sense. With any other type of research, like if you think of studies for um, like a medicine, like if someone's taking a medication that's been passed through your bigger studies, you have a placebo group and then you have the test group. And so the test group, the only thing different about them is that they have this medication. You can't do that with nutrition. You can't change one thing when it comes to nutrition. And when you actually start to understand how the implications of that, you can see just how poor a lot of the studies are. And so when you see like, oh, new study says intermittent fasting will kill you, or new study says like a tomato is going to make you get autoimmune disease. Like it, it's easy to get wrapped up in that, but if you have a basic understanding of how they're actually trying to um, exploit these studies yeah. for a headline, right? It's it's crazy. They just want eye they want eyeballs, and yeah. they're going to do whatever yeah. it takes to get eyeballs, even if it you know, the half the time. And then and then half the people will just read the title of the article and not really dive into it. We're right. like, actually, just kidding. This is just what people think. Right. And you go, I mean, yep. it happens all the time. Yeah, that's that's a, it's the cash grab of title or it's the cash grab of uh, eyeballs. I think which I yeah. totally yeah, which I totally understand that because YouTube, you have to have something that's like attention grabbing you wouldn't, and you wouldn't do that would you <laughs> no, no definitely it's a very hard ethical line though that you have to you have to follow because you'll see these other youtubers who are getting so many views and they have these crazy types of titles that they're using um but you know you want to keep your morality as well yeah well yeah, i want to i want to pull back to to one thing that i i like about the mediterranean diet which i think you you've kind of debunked in a way it's like it, it, but what what i do like is when you go to those small european communities and small european towns even the big grocery stores are locally farmed so you're getting true mm -hmm. produce it's not like one thing that i have a problem with in the states is 
we're getting avocados from Mexico, which is not Mexico, bad. Yeah. But they're sitting mm-hmm. on a truck for 16 days. They're going somewhere else. Right. They're going to a facility. And so is the nutrition really there that you're getting? Is the lettuce that's been shipped 16 right. hours to you, sits on a shelf for 17 days before you eat it, are you really getting that? Where the one thing that's really great about those small communities is you're getting t- tomatoes that were picked four days ago. They weren't sprayed with an right. agent after they went. And that that's something that I love. And, you know, there's definitely some truth to that. Although I think what actually makes the Mediterranean diet um, a little bit, what actually does make it great is it's how it views food. So how it treats food as, you know, a meal that you sit and you enjoy, that you don't eat while you're on the road, that, you know, there is a lot of, a lot of um, intentionality that they have around their foods and keeping it more cultural. And when you keep something more cultural to how that food was always produced, there's reasons why throughout history, cultural traditions have developed in certain patterns as well. Um, Like, for example, with the Italians, they traditionally will parboil their tomatoes so it takes off that outer layer and then they'll also take out the seeds like that was something that when I was studying abroad um that we had our little Italian grandma who was teaching us how to cook these foods she would show us to do and we'd be like well why and she's like that's just how we always do it but then you learn from different types of doctors like oh the the strongest amount or the the most amount of lectins that are in a tomato that could cause an autoimmune issue for someone is in the seeds and in the skin So it's like science is kind of uncovering what a lot of these cultures have been doing for a long time. And that that, that was just natural evolution. They just saw people who ate the whole tomato or something. They just saw that that was negative for them. So, oh, maybe if I take the skin off, maybe I take the seeds. All these things just happened over generations. Over generations, And then you lose that. They lose that story and they say, that's how it's done. We don't know why, but then you can break it down. (laughs) This is, I knew the history nerd and you was going to come out. And this is exactly it. This is where it comes out because it's like there, there's always a reason behind something if you yeah. go a little bit further back. I mean, food especially. It's like not to be the first guy that was eating potatoes when they were raw. You know what I mean? That guy, <laughs> I think he died. I think yeah, that he guy did died. not have a good day. Um, so there's a lot of history that goes behind <laughs> so, it. So do you have any other Do you have any other fun like history, uh, like food they history They come facts? up. As, as, I, as I talk, they come up, but I can't just like spout them out. Remember, my memory isn't crazy. It's just they get triggered every now and then. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, we'll test you. We'll test you later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So then, so then you go um, and get your master's degree, right? And mm-hmm. I feel like at this point, your master's degree is a marriage of all of your love for food and the science behind food, and then your love for sports and competitiveness and how you can take eating and nutrition and what you're putting in your body and making you the most superb athlete. So, it is that the reason why you went? to become a master's in sports nutrition or was it just because it was convenient? I mean, it's, it's just the most interesting field in my opinion, because there's there, it, it, when it comes to nutrition, that's where the most, the majority of the research is because there's a lot of money to be made, um, in supplements and in like people Mm -hmm. optimizing their, um, physical abilities so that they can compete better, compete, be faster, be stronger. So that's where all of the research is. And you can still pull a lot of really interesting nutrition information from a lot of those studies. Uh, like even just during today's live stream, I was talking about how egg-based proteins are better um, at breaking down into proteins you can use for your muscles than soy. And we only know that because we know that from those um, athlete you know, nutrition studies, but it's still highly applicable to anyone else. Like you would, I don't, I mean, if you're 
eating, you would want to get the most out of your food if you possibly can, just anyone. Uh, and so that's where like an average person can take that same information and apply it to their lives too. Yeah. When you go, so when you go, you graduate, you get that degree, you go, where do you go from there? Like, what, what, do, what does that look like? Like career path for you is like, I graduated with a marketing <laughs> degree. So it's like, I was like, I guess I'm just going to do sales. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I guess I'm just going to do that. What's the, like, what's the path that you go from there? Like, what are those steps that people that maybe are in that field or maybe they're in college or they're looking at the degree? Like, where does it kind of go? Right. From there? I took a very abnormal path. So I first um, graduated with my BS, my bachelor's of science in nutrition and, um, and dietetics. But then after that, instead of going on to get the RD, just because I didn't want to, it's, it's not the route. So when you mentioned dietetics in the beginning, um, there is a big difference between dietetics and nutrition, and that's where you're, you have to follow more USDA guidelines. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to ah. be able to keep up with what I felt like was more recent research. And so I, after that, actually, I took a break from school for, I think, two years, and I worked for a health and fitness company. And I was mm -hmm. their on-site nutritionist, and, um, and I'm also a certified personal trainer, so on-site a personal trainer as well, where I was creating their meal plans and creating their um, workout programs. So I did that for about two years, got my certified clinical nutritionist while I was there. And then while working full time, I did the master's nutrition because I wanted, I just felt like I needed more information. Like there's more to learn yeah. and I didn't know everything yet. So I had to get that extra two years worth of information to learn more and apply that information to what I've been um, doing with people around the world. I love that like appetite for knowledge where, you know, I don't know, some people coast through careers, some people are, you know, well, hey, this is a job and I do it. And it's like, you're like, no, I got it. There's more to know. There's more to understand. There's more to figure out. Yeah. Kept going. Was this when you were in Arizona when you took those two years and you went working or? No, no, no. So I got my um, BS, my bachelor's in Arizona. And then I actually came back to Manhattan Beach and I was living here up until just this year. And okay. that's where um, the fitness company that I worked for. It was actually located in Manhattan Beach. I was able to work or walk to work every day. It was awesome. Yeah. Get and their steps in. Did my master's while I was doing that. Yeah, yeah. get my steps in. Hey, That's yeah. when I was getting close to like twenty thousand steps a day. It was That's great. nuts. I mean we we <laughs> were doing our pre call and you were walking walking to your yes. uh, wedding venue. We were like talking on the phone. But yeah. Uh, so I want to I want to talk a little bit about the degree that you have and how you've put it to work in a very interesting way. So you've worked with very high level professional athletes outside of what we were talking about earlier, which is that core American sport. It's changing, right? Skateboarding was yeah. just in the Olympics. But now what was it like to work with, you know, someone like Elliot Sloan? a professional skateboarder who you traditionally wouldn't see them mm -hmm. looking at nutrition and how it could help them become a better athlete. We were talking to uh, Aaron Jaws Hamoki, who had told us about the culture of being in skateboarding, where it was about, about partying and smoking cigarettes and being all yeah. part of the, the gnarly, where, you know, working with someone like Elliot, how did you, how did he come to you or how did you guys find each other and how did you translate nutrition to that sport? Yeah. yeah. And, and was your first thing, was it like a uh, nutrition for skateboarders? Like you just like less than a pack of cigarettes a day. <laughs> How did we start? No, well, but that, really, that yeah, is a yeah. good place to start. <laughs> um, you know, I, with uh, Elliot and with all athletes, they're all athletes. You still have the same common problems where you want to be, first of all, you want to be better because obviously you're going to 
get paid better if you can be better. Yeah. So you definitely want to be better, which means that you have to start recovering faster and you have to be able to, um, you be, depending on the sport, be faster, perform at a higher level. And so recovering faster is a really big one for why a lot of athletes will come to me because they just can't, you know, they'll feel like, can I curse? <laughs> you do whatever you can do whatever you want. Okay. They feel like shit after they've done um, like a hard workout and they can't recover enough to be able to do that same workout the next day. And even with something like skateboarding, that is a workout. Like yeah. you are, you're using your muscles, you're contracting your muscles. You have to be able to build new muscle in order to maintain that level of athleticism. So definitely a huge um, aspect of that is going to be recovery and just even being able to reduce the amount of time it takes to recover between workouts like that in itself means that you can work out at a higher level and you can um, possibly even perform at a higher level because you can now uh, shorten the amount of time that it takes for you to recover from the previous workout. So that's one aspect, but another for a lot of um, different athletes, per body fat percentage can make a big difference as well because if you feel, if you don't have that same level of energy or if you feel like you're slowing yourself down, based off of your body fat percentage, then you can make a lot of changes in terms of your performance based off of increasing or decreasing, depending on the sport, um, your body fat percentage. So those are like the two main areas that typically with any athlete you're going to be focusing on is um, recovery is the biggest one, but then also body fat percentage too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like, liter you're literally creating opportunity through nutrition and performance. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's very mm -hmm. interesting where most people don't see it as like, hey, I mean, I guess people do see it as success, but it's like, hey, beyond just being better, it's like we're talking about potential contracts. We're talking about, right. you know, more, you know, whatever visibility that you need to get you to the upper echelon of whatever sport you might be in, regardless of, yeah. of what it is. It's like it is opportunity through nutrition. Like we're going to you're going to be better. You're going to be more marketable. You're going to be a, a better figure because of this nutritional value and kind of the education process, too. Yeah, but, and I think that's the funny piece. It's the education. Like yeah. Yeah, okay. I was just saying, even the just the difference of um, like second or less than a second for how quickly you can run the mile, you know, for um, that's the difference between someone making it to the Olympics and not. And that's where your energy levels is going to be a huge factor in that. And how we break down energy, that is metabolism, that is nutrition. So how you eat can largely affect if you're going to be an Olympic athlete or if you're not. Oh, a second, a second is... Uh, equivalent to a mile in the hundred freestyle. Exactly. Like the, you, you, my, my, my wife just saw this exactly happen in the Olympics, right? Like, you know, you'd see someone make it back to the you know, uh, semifinals in the top 16 of the Olympics. And she's like, Oh, that guy's 16th. I'm like, that guy has a freaking chance. And all these little yeah. things can go into it. And so one thing I, I heard you say back there was like, which ties back to all the videos you've created. You, you talk a lot about like the science behind things we've taught said, and you, when you say something, oh, if you have this, it helps to reduce inflammation. So those little things, I never thought about it with skateboarding. Like you're putting a, a, a beating on your body every day, especially with what uh, Elliot was doing with, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? The big air or, um, you know, large ramps, yeah, yeah. something like that. Uh, oh, my God, I'm brain <laughs> farting right now. But so he's, he's doing that and you're, you're putting a beating on yourself. So if you can have food that treats your body well, helps you recover faster and reduces mm -hmm. inflammation – that could reduce potentially your use of Advil and Tylenol and things like that, which would harm your body. And so that, that makes yeah. total sense. And I never, ever thought of it that way, which is awesome. And thank you for like opening my eyes there. Cause that's really cool. Cause it really does make a, it, man, it's so simple yet brilliant. Right. 
Well, yeah, especially for someone where the, it's their career and um, their career is to be the best. Like they aren't just casual skateboarders yeah. who are, you know, just down at local skate park. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's their livelihood. Like they need to be better than everyone else. And not everyone is going to take their nutrition seriously. But those who do are the ones who are going to be better. Like LeBron spent like what a million or something like that on his whole health routine. Um, nutrition is a huge component of that too. Well, and I think also, I mean, when you just look at that, it's like you're so focused on your sport, your craft, whatever it is. It's like sometimes you just, if you're at that level and that's what you do for a living, like being able to like go back and research and understand nutrition is so difficult. So. I think it's right. it's funny. So I, I guess to kind of lead into to where we're going, like, did you create videos? Did you um, like did you create things like that, um, like early on that were kind of educational that you would send to clients? Like, how, how did that process start? Were you making any videos about kind of some of these nutrition exercises, whatever it might be? You mean like before I started my YouTube channel? Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I was I was doing my whole background was it. Was I thought right. we had a slam dunk there, and you really <laughs> let me down. <laughs> JP's like really let me down. Getting on that. Getting no, the, that's so funny. The LeBron people, reference. Well, I mean, you he's said like, you were a director, so I thought maybe you know you're like all right. Well, like, maybe we get a little film. No, that's that. what's, yeah, that's what's I funny. That. I had no, I didn't even like, no. um, think to do that. It was my mom who told me like, you know what? You're really great at describing all this nutrition stuff. Yeah. You should probably switch over from the blog component of your like. Like career and go over to video and I didn't want to do that like I was like Ugh, like that sounds like so much work like I don't know like it just didn't seem like something that would really pan out and um, she's like just do it like it'll be great like okay yeah. fine and that's how my first so, video came about and, and so how, when you made that first how did you go into that video so your mom tells you to go do the video parents are typically right even if you don't want them to be um unfortunately <laughs> yeah. so that happens let's hope she tells you to do it um, you, you make the video and I don't know if you still have a lot of people don't have their first videos up. Yeah, so I, don't know I still if have my first okay, video Okay, so up. you have that first video up. So how'd you go so, around to Wait, wait, I want to pull this back. The let's, first yeah, video let's... that I watched today, uh, which I always watch the first, newest, and yep. the yeah. uh, most trending and a ton of others. But So the first video I watched today was truly your first video. Yeah. Amazing. Smoothie, f smoothie for intermittent fasting. Um, yeah. All caps. You might have reworked that title recently. Who knows? Uh, no, just no, that was, um, that was just, just leave it, I set it, and forget it. Hit the caps. I think that, yeah, I hit, I, th I was like, ooh, everyone's doing that. Like, maybe I should do that. Like, really <laughs> tell people that this is a blueberry hemp smoothie. <laughs> were you, hold on. So, were you on, were you like a, were you, uh, for the uh, internet nerds out there, uh, were you lurking on YouTube? Were you on there, like, no, digest? Because, like, not at all. But it's such a great, was, such a great source, I, such a great source. It's a, it, it's, got every, it's got yeah. everything. It's an encyclopedia of all things. Cold so turkey. Cold turkey to YouTube. So then what made you go with YouTube? We ask this question all the time. There's all these different platforms to go mm -hmm. from. You know, it's 2018 when you started your channel. Um, June yeah. 7th, I believe it was. June 7th, well, it 2018. It could be the 8th. So, it's still up there. Yeah, there. maybe. It's, we're we're going to leave it out there. 7th. Autumn Bates doesn't know about her own <laughs> channel. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but so you, you have all these options, you know, in 2018 of which – what platform you want to use what made you go with youtube if you weren't even on it because it wasn't I've been on my it first for... choice yeah it wasn't my first choice my first choice um i was first on instagram i had like a small following on there yep. just from my previous work and then i was my whole background was in writing blogs at my previous work so i was like okay great right. i know how to do that and then i literally was like well i should probably put a video of me explaining how this works just so it can live on my blog mm -hmm. and that was why i created oh. videos i didn't use i didn't use youtube at all like i didn't realize there's this whole youtube you just need to do it 
Yeah, literally, I need to. If there was a way for me to do it without YouTube, I would have done that, and I would have never had a YouTube channel. Like you would have been hosting it through whatever server that you're using, yeah, some and in embedded software that, and it would have been, yeah, it would have been garbage. It's uh, crazy. It would have been a nightmare. Wow, it would have been a nightmare. So, who told you to do YouTube? Did you figure it out on yourself? Like, how do I get? No, it's literally my mom. My mom watched. Like, she's more like in with the tech stuff than I am. Yep. Because she'd be like, she watched a bunch of different YouTube channels. I didn't realize that you'd like go onto YouTube and watch YouTube. I thought it was like you looked up how it is that you're supposed to like clean a pot. You look up YouTube for that. Like yeah, how to care to for cast iron. Well, right, we have a guy. Exactly, we have exactly. a guy for you. I'll send you a video. Yeah, okay, <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't realize that, but like people would go on YouTube and watch it. So when I first decided, like when I first had that first video go out, I was like, you know what, maybe I probably should do more videos. So I think I did like a couple more throughout June and July. I didn't really take it seriously um, until I, I don't even know what clicked. I, I think like as I started to research YouTube, I was like, oh my gosh. Like I can really make a big impact on this YouTube thing. Like I can reach a lot of people on here and this clearly is my medium. I'm better at this than I am at just writing blogs. So I should probably look up how it is that I can grow my YouTube channel. Well, the, yeah. the, the, the growth that you've had from a camera present, from a structure of a video, I mean, wow. It, it's in such a short <laughs> period, it's, it's amazing to see because from the first video, because we don't typically see someone who has their true first video up there, yeah. um, which is Love that. I, I seriously, it's awesome. Um, I my first video on my personal name channel is hidden. I, I should unhide it just for fun. You but should unhide. Yeah, it. whatever. Who cares? Um, and so you to see where you are now and the camera presence, it's like you were a totally different person through the that whole was channel. Awkward. You weren't I, awkward. Like, was stuttering. Oh yeah, it's. But it's Hi, hard. Um, my name's Autumn. Welcome to my kitchen. <laughs> yeah, but, but the kitchen until That's now right. has, hasn't changed, and and and, and it, it's cool that like to see like you're, you're you're just you get used to looking at the little screen like the little hole in the camera, yeah. and then you get Comfortable. you know what's going on, and you get rewarded by what's happening. So you post this video yeah. at first before where you are today. How many views, how many likes, how many things like that were happening on the on the channel? And you were just posting for so, how long before you started to get any kind of growth? And did you notice it too along yeah, with that? I was about to say, I didn't really look at YouTube for the first couple months. I was just, again, using it as a place to like throw videos uh-huh. on so that I could have it on my website. So I didn't really take a look. I don't know about those first few videos, but when I really started to take it seriously, which was more September, I think, of that year, um, somewhere around there. I don't know. It's probably again because I did have like a small following on Instagram, so I think I would maybe get like fifty views and like maybe a hundred for like a good video. Um, but yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't like things exploded right away. It took me until I think a, a year or about nine months to hit my first thousand subscribers. Yeah, which is you which is a that. huge uh, like milestone in itself everyone everyone we've talked to is like the first 1000 subscribers is the hardest after that it becomes somewhat easier no yeah no feet to be shuttered i would i would have to agree with that because you don't you have no idea what you're doing like you have to figure out psychology you have to figure out videography (laughs) you have to figure out like there's so many things to it that you have to figure out while also yeah while competing with people who have been doing it for years now. So mm-hmm. it's like you're thrown straight into the mix. 
and at the same time you have to produce really great information were you vlogging in parallel like were you always blogging in parallel with this and the videos yeah, kind of like hey, still I this so i can embed them into the into the yeah okay so it's, yeah yeah then, i still have my blogs too yeah. Well, and it kind of points in the direction to where we are now. I mean, we look at today, the president uh, or the president, and you have 327,000 subscribers, 20 plus million views out there, um, two videos over a million. Um, like when when was that point when we, when we kind of talk about it there, like you hit the thousand, but then when was the point yeah. where you said, okay, maybe, maybe we're onto something here? Uh, maybe. This might sound like arrogant. It doesn't mean to come off as arrogant, but I just assumed that I would figure it out. Like, I was like, okay, I've figured out a lot of things in the past. And if I can just research something, I'll figure out how to get there. It might, not, it might take yeah. me 10 years, but I'm gonna figure it out. So pretty much as soon as I, as soon as I figured out that YouTube could be an area where I could really share um, what I have to share, as soon as that happened, I was like, okay, great. It's part of my routine. Like it's done. Like, this is what I'm doing now. Even when I had like 20 subscribers. So from the beginning, I took it very, very seriously, but I just always assumed that if I put out good information, if I'm helping people, like the people will come. I think I you're figure out how to entice them. I think, I think it's not arrogant. I think you're lucky. Uh, yeah, in, in... Kenny power, Kenny powers is arrogant. <laughs> that was not yeah. arrogant. <laughs> I, I think, I think what you're saying is uh, what, what a lot of people struggle with when trying to find a channel which is you had you had the channel you had the idea you had everything behind it you knew exactly what you wanted to do and you knew at this point because you had been in this industry for so long you were not going to get bored of it and you could create content mm -hmm. i think what happens to most people is they start a channel and like i'm going to review socks and they're yeah. like i've reviewed three socks i don't know what else to do now like and then they're like right. i'm going to do something else and they're like oh but my channel just jumps or my my interest jumps it's hard to yeah. find the passion that you can go for and do for a long period of time. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's something I, YouTube has changed my life so much where I always want to try and get other people to create a YouTube channel. Cause I'm like, yeah. if you, if you're excited about something, you will figure out how to do it and you'll figure out how to like create content around something. As long as you're just always focused on what the viewer actually wants and needs. And if you're genuinely interested in helping that person to succeed, if you just think of that one person helping that one person, you're going to help thousands or millions of people and your your channel will be successful. You just need to always have that viewer in mind and how you can best serve that person and more of them will come. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, you knew your passion going into it, which is so much easier for you. You said, nope, this is what I'm going to do. And like, it wasn't so much, you weren't, you know, probably focused on, you might not have initially been focused on growing the YouTube, but what you did know right. is that you were going to keep doing it. You're going to keep producing it. You're going to have topics. They're going to go along with this blog in tandem. Um, you're going to kind of build this, this, uh, you know, it, you're not all over the places. I guess what I'm saying, like you cover right. a lot of topics, but you're not like, it's not like you like, all right, today we're playing disc golf. Yeah. I'm going to show you guys like, you're not, it's not like, you're not you like mean going you off haven't on seen my disc golf uh, nutrition blog yet? No, but if you you uh, promise us <laughs> this, that promise one. us this, uh, when you hit, uh, let's look at subscribers at 500,000 subscribers. Let's see the uh, let's see the pull up tutorial come golf back. The best, no, let's see the best exercise <laughs> oh to do a pull up come back because that one's that's a great video. Right there. Honestly, it was it was a pretty awesome video because it, it's something that in in general, like you know, I've I've worked out in a lot of uh, post college. I had a lot of struggles with going to the gym by myself. Like I didn't know what to do, even though I had worked yeah. out, which is something that same thing with nutrition, right? 
that our, we had we had a coach who would tell us what to do and what to eat and not what not to eat. But I was burning, I was swimming like I don't know five thousand to seven thousand to ten thousand yeah. yards a day. You could literally eat whatever you wanted; it didn't matter. And right. so we never had that problem. And then we went to the gym and it was all prescribed. And then I would go to the gym after college and be like. I have no now idea what? what to do. Yeah, now what? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. then you go to a CrossFit gym or you go to some other gym and a pull-up is something that is like mundane in that in, in our process because we were taught how to do it. But it's something that mm-hmm. no one teaches you how to do. So it is a great video. Yeah. It has very little likes or views. No, it's gotta come I think it's got to come back. back. 500,000 right. views. Uh-huh. I agree with <laughs> JP. That's got to come back for sure. Views. It's got one comment and I'll probably leave. I'm going to leave one more real quick. Just yeah. Live. <laughs> Is that my least watched video? I don't know. We can't sort by that, but um, we probably oh. can. But it, it's right in the beginning, and and you you even said like your first video, like yeah, fifty views. It has ninety two thousand views right now, so I want to put that out there. Big. Second Wait, comment. The... Second comment to that. Oh, the first video. one. First video, ninety two thousand. Yeah. So so well, now. Well, that's the thing. That video actually still brings views. Like I still get people who will um, reach out to me on Instagram, and it's like I just tried your blueberry hemp smoothie. So, no way. I guess. I guess it's still my awkwardness still shines through. Yeah, well, but it wasn't that love, bad. You had camera presence. Is, you had a lot of things, and I feel like that goes back to you be, wanting to become a director. And we should pull that in. Like you wanted to become a director. Now you are a yeah, director. You're the photography side of it. You're the writer of the script. You're mm-hmm. everything. Production studio. Everything. The yeah. whole thing. Editor, financier. I don't know. Uh, executive producer. I don't know. I really don't yeah. understand the titles Bobby. on vo- movies, but um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, like you, you've built that and you like, did that, did making videos as a, as a, uh, when you were younger, did that help get you? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it totally helped me just because I didn't have to learn how to edit and that in oh. itself, it can be so such a barrier. I'm, I'm sure because like, like I can even find myself getting confused on, on how to do certain things, but I've had, what is that? Like eight years worth of schooling on how to edit, how to um, like, I don't know. Cause so much of that doesn't even apply anymore just because it's now digital. Um, but you know, there, there's so many things that you have to learn already to do YouTube editing in order to like create your video that, and itself can take so long so by me having that background it I feel like that helped me leaps and bounds to focus on other areas of youtube that really matter i i yeah. actually i never thought about that because I, I like we were talking before i just started using premiere pro and in high school i used final cut pro and i yeah. picked up the software it's totally different it's a whole mental thing but like little fundamental things of knowing what things are called like you know buckets and things like that all those little yeah things on the screen that come into the software it it, you just start to understand the fundamental so like you could just sit down and be like okay cool i got this let me just go through it and editing is definitely where the time suck is of creating video editing thumbnails photoshop all that all those pieces that go into the social piece where it's like all right well now i need to go in and I need to go back to my video and I'm like, oftentimes like people are like, well, how do I export just one frame? Cause I just want one frame for my thumbnail without doing a print screen. Like how do I get the full right. resolution? You know what I mean? There's all those pieces yeah. that go into there. Um, so you kind of, you knew a little bit of this base of how to kind of do this going into it. I mean, I knew editing. That was all I really knew. Like I did not do well understanding like all the camera tech stuff, what we were talking about earlier. I still use my same Canon Rebel, whatever it is, like the, the most basic one that can actually film videos. 
Um, so I, I don't know any of that, but yeah, like I had a basic understanding of how to actually edit. And I think that really helped to just excel the learning curve. Right. It got you started quickly. And so, so right. on this editing kind of, uh, strand that we're on two videos a week, when did you choose to do two videos a week and how do you come up with the content and creation of two videos a week? That's, um, even if they're, and we talked about this on our pre-call, even if it's just a four minute video, a four minute video needs yeah. to be very honestly harder yeah, would, than a longer video. I would agree. You have to make it concise. Yep. You have to figure out how not to go down rabbit holes. Like the scripting of a four minute video, the editing is nice because it's short, but the scripting of a four minute video is probably twice as long as like a 10 minute video for I, that reason. I would argue the editing could be just as long as a 20, 10 minute video. You have just as much film and you're like, all right, I got to cut it down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I've gotten pretty concise with my scripting because I've realized how okay. much of the time stuff that editing can be. So I'm pretty specific with what it is I'm going to cover because it's very easy for me to go on a side tangent. Like if you guys ever watch any of my live streams, I go on like 20 different side tangents based off of one thing that someone had a question about. Um, so I've gotten very, very concise and that helps to keep the editing a lot shorter too. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you edit on right now? Just out of curiosity. Well, <laughs> I still you're like I don't want to give away on, my secrets. I, I still edit on iMovie. Heck yeah! Yeah, no, that's it's, fine. Hey, no, that's free. There's nothing well, wrong I was, with that. I edited on iMovie until last week, so yeah. I I commend you on that. I I bring this up because it, you know Mike was telling me he's like hey I was like he's like Premiere Pro like he texted me the other day he's like Premiere Pro is like kind of a whole thing and I was like yeah I was like <laughs> you can go from like creating a basic video to like sometimes i'm watching like you you can watch movies that are like blockbuster movies where you're like uh yeah. there's probably some of this has gone through premiere uh, you know it's gone through premiere um there's a lot of after effects i was like but you can go for everything from like this and i i feel like i know a ton because i've self-taught in adobe and i wanted to go down this whole yeah. creative path of creating videos and 3d art and you know yeah. with the whole thing and it's like i spent i've spent i've maybe have six uh maybe yeah. six years now of this under my belt and i'm like i'm probably 10 percent under the surface of like what you can actually do with these programs Right. There's is... a period of time when I um, was like, you know, maybe because I do have the background in Final Cut Pro. Like, I still have the old software from you know back in high school. I'm not even sure if it would still like be usable, but like I grew up using Final Cut Pro. I, I had to learn how to use iMovie, <laughs> but it wasn't. Um, it was like around 20, early 2020, I think, when the YouTube space was still open, and they have um, the option for creators to come in and you can edit there and use their software yeah okay i'm at this space i probably have like a hundred thousand subscribers at the time like i'm at a hundred thousand subscribers it's time for me to actually use a better editing system and i spent an afternoon trying to learn adobe and i was like why am i doing this like i could spend that much more time creating an awesome video for someone that actually is getting this message across that's still edited on iMovie and it takes yeah. less time. It's easier to use. Like it easy it to export was scrapped like, really quickly. after. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. My, my only caveat to, to the iMovie transition for me was I needed to, I, I wanted to post our, our videos in uh, 1080p and I needed to uh-huh. be able to expand the, the frame to right. meet resolution where iMovie yeah. was forcing me to put it in 720. I was like, Come on, man! Yeah. Like, no, which, which is, well, which is hilarious because ninety percent of I would imagine ninety percent of YouTube content is on this device 
right here, which is going to be I in four eight. My very first, my my first video that blew, or I guess my second video that blew up is shot on my iPhone, and it was I just had gone out on a walk. I was like, you know, I should probably explain why it is that walking can be better than running for weight loss. And and that was shot on the iPhone. So so was the uh, the yeah. I think your first day in what I eat in a day. Wait, what was that? Your first what I eat in a day video? Yeah. That was also shot on my iPhone. All shot. Yeah, there's a couple videos in mine that are all shot on my iPhone just because, like, I decide to film something in that moment that I think might help someone. I'm like, oh, well, this works. Yeah. I mean, come on. The camera's fantastic. There's there's a whole channel. um, I don't know if you're into car content or or not, but there's a a, a brand called Goon Squad. Um, Mm. They they have 2.3. Three eight million subscribers, and yeah, their entire channel to date is still filmed on an iPhone. Yeah, yeah, and that goes back to what I was saying. Where um, ultimately, when it comes to YouTube, you're serving someone, you're helping someone, right. even if it's entertainment. No one, the average person, unless you're in the tech community, where like you're a tech channel and you're reviewing tech stuff, like yes, you probably should be on your game in terms of that. No one cares. Like, yeah, maybe it's going to be a little bit more crisp if your camera's a little bit better or, you know, if you have, like, a slightly better audio, like, it's going to make a, like, little bit of a difference. But if you're giving really high-quality content, some of my worst videos are the ones that absolutely blew up, in ter- worse in terms of the quality. Right. And it's because it, it delivered really great value that they weren't getting elsewhere. And that's all that matters. That's, that's the key. This brings up a good point. You talk about Instagram earlier. Instagram, it's 2021. Instagram still, if you're nerds about ex- export settings, Instagram 720. You, if, you, if, you put a 10, if you put a 1080 video or a 2.7K or a 4K or whatever you're shooting and you put it into Instagram at that rate, it's going to compress that video and it's going to tear it apart <laughs> and then it's going to put it back together and it's going to look terrible, right? So you have to have these settings. So it's interesting um it does especially when you try to balance your videos when you're trying to film and you you know big instagram presence you do quite a bit on instagram um when you're balancing those two um mediums youtube and instagram you kind of have to have because you either have to crop down and and get it down to 720 and export it so it looks good on instagram or uh be at the mercy of these algorithms that are going to compress and and completely destroy it yeah um which kind of brings me to a point, like how do you balance Instagram, YouTube? I mean, not not from like a technical standpoint either. That's just one note that, you know, Instagram is still 720, which blows my mind is the number two video okay. platform in the world. And it's 720p. But they don't um, need to. At, at, at 30 frames per second, which is uh-huh. astonishing. Yeah. Um, anyways, so how do you, so I guess outside of the technical realm, how do you kind of balance the the, the, the Instagram, the the YouTube, the other, the other mediums? I have a content calendar. So I... Um, not with Instagram. So Instagram, it's really just like, if I feel like posting something or if I feel like going live, like I don't use Instagram very strategically at all. Um, but yeah, for, for YouTube, for blog, for my weekly email newsletter, I have a, a very strict content calendar that I've never once veered from. So I always make sure I'm like two to three weeks at least ahead so that I can just keep my sanity. But that, that, yeah. that comes from your background, uh, at that sports company, I won't say its name, but you know where you were before. I'm sure there, when you were creating content, helping out with nutrition, helping out yeah. with with that, you created and calendarized everything. Because now I work in yeah. marketing, 
content calendar is literally what I live by. I know exactly what we're posting, what we're doing, what we're working through right, right now. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's helpful because it also helps you to plan ahead on the type of content people will want at that time. Mm. So like there's certain times of the year when people want to learn more about how they can use nutrition to improve their sleep, or there's other times of the year where people really want to learn about specifically how it is that they can lose belly fat with walking. Like there's different times of the year that people want to learn something and you can help serve them better by knowing when that is and having your content calendar to plan that out. I'm sure. Yeah. That makes that, that makes total sense. And so like, you're looking at like, okay, coming out of winter into the spring time frame. let's get that beach. You're, you're doing the keywords like beach bod and things like that. Like you like, get ready for mm-hmm. summer. And then when you go to the, that I don't know. I don't know what that period of time is called between Thanksgiving and Christmas, like the holiday hibernation. season. Hibernation. Yeah, hibernation. Yeah, as I was saying, it's that awkward. <laughs> yeah, so where you but, hibernate, like it's, but it's like, like how not to eat too much at Thanksgiving. How to continue on your yeah. diet. How to how to not get overloaded on ham at Thanksgiving or Christmas. Or sharing I, I, healthier versions of things. Wow, exactly. So that makes total sense of like keeping with kind of the ebb and flow mm-hmm. but so when you're talking about a content calendar are you like do you build so you're planning yourself like three weeks out but you probably are are, are at least further for for key times like fourth of july yeah. there's probably like what to bring to the fourth of july barbecue like all those kind of things keto friendly things right that i have i oh i try to always have three weeks worth of videos scheduled because i just am a big worry wart and i just want to always have like if something comes up that if I couldn't create videos for three weeks, they're done and good and ready to go. So I always have those ready and done from at least three weeks um, ahead at all times with that. But in terms of actual content planning, I would say it's, yeah, constantly two to three months worth of content is planned at any given moment. Wow. And so, so you're, you're already in the whole three weeks. Like you have, like, you know what, Oh yeah. I don't want the, you, you know what yeah. your September schedule you're already like mm-hmm. you're you're thinking about what's happening in September, not today. Yeah, exactly. Like I was just planning um, content earlier today, and I was planning for um, the week of October first. So do you bulk? And so when you and hold, wait, wait, hold on, JP. Do you do you bulk record? Do you do? So we we had a guy on the podcast, Brooks Holt. He's a uh, a mini golfer. Honestly, fantastic. It's really interesting how he got like <laughs> how he got uh how he got big and. But what he does is he goes on the road for two months and he bulks mm-hmm. his content. So he does like 10 or 30 core, 40 courses. Then he has 40 or 40. I think he does twice a week. So he does like 20 weeks of content. He edits it wow. and he just bulks it. Then the next two months he's on. Is that, are you like bulk recording or are you doing like three in a that day? Organized. <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite, or because it does take a lot of work to script out each video. Like each four minute video takes about eight hours total from right. like beginning to end. So it is a lot of work for each one. So I can, at, at least I'll, I'll bulk record two videos. I try to get in three or four, but it's usually two videos that I'm recording a week. Um, I don't think I would have the bandwidth to to do four scripts at once. Yeah, that's that's tough to do, and, and it makes sense because like if you're three weeks away, that means you're that means you're exactly you're you're continuing that two week two a week cadence, right. and you're just I yeah you you got ahead of yourself at some point. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of times where I'll fall back, and I'm only like one week ahead. So maybe I went on vacation and I didn't have time to film for a week, and then I like had 
a couple clients back back so I couldn't do my normal filming schedule. Um, so I definitely fall back behind, but then during, and, and during challenges, um, especially when I'm doing live streams, cause that's another video to script that week. Right. Um, and then also to perform, which then takes away from time that I would have had to script for that week. Um, so like during this time, I'm only two weeks ahead. So now that the challenge is coming up, I'll be able to then, um, like bulk and get ahead of that schedule again. Okay. So I want to, I want to pull the thread here on something you said right there, which was, uh, when you go on vacation and when you do certain things. So we talked about this before we started recording and your content is very, very specific people wanting to come and get data or, or drive themselves like, okay, what can I do? How can, what's the recipe? Educate. What can I do? Educational. Exactly. Thanks JP. Right. Um, so you don't get so much drive into your personal life. Would you think mm-hmm. about like, diversifying the channel and you go on vacation maybe doing a vlog with your future husband or you know bringing people in like hey i'm walking i'm just telling you about my day doing something here yeah how to stay I've how to done, stay on track while on vacation i mean you go to mexico or something, i literally like all bets I, are off i literally had that video actually pretty much that exact title um i've <laughs> done a few of those in the past i just don't find them as fun to film So like I'll get requests where people ask for more, especially what I eat in a day videos or like what I eat in a week videos. Um, And I will do them every now and then, but it's just, it's really hard for me to remember to continue to film all day. Like that's really the biggest thing is I just am not really good at remembering to film all day um, where I'm better at sitting like in front of a camera, knowing exactly what I'm going to be talking about and, um, and filming it all in that one hour period of time. It literally just comes down to the fact that I can't remember to keep the camera on all day. Well, but I would do more of that. It's and just, it also so you, probably adds to your editing time because then, you know, where mm-hmm. where if you if you have the script and you have the idea down and you've written and, and kind of laid out, you know, okay, I can edit, edit, edit here and it's tight. But if you're going all day, if you're not taking notes on your phone and you're just enjoying your day, right. you got to go back and kind of rewatch yeah. that a couple times. Yeah, I mean, YouTube is also just one part of my job. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of other, a lot of other work that I do within my own career. Like I do meet with clients. I do have the blog component. I work with brands. Like there's a lot of things that I do outside of just YouTube. So to also film to, to what, to take what would be an hour filming and then to spread that over one full day when I would have normally had that full rest of the day to do other areas of my job, like meeting with clients, it's not exactly, it doesn't make sense in terms of my schedule. Cause it's already fairly limited. Yeah, you got to have it all planned out. And on that note, did you get bullied in high school for being a planner girl? I wasn't plan. I was not a planner girl <laughs> in high school at all. You seem like, like it I now. Was such, I was such a different person in high school. Like I, I didn't try very hard in school. I wasn't too interested in um, school in the beginning. I just wanted to play sports and make food like that. Yeah, that was pretty much all well, I was interested in at the time. But as I got into college, yes, that was a different autumn. That's as, it, as it turns out, I like Yeah, but I mean, as it turns out now, it's like things are by the planner and things are by the book. And that's why I think the, those yeah. are kind of those things that help you stay on schedule. See, there you go. That's why I just yep. figured I didn't know, you know, <laughs> you know, the know current who, autumn high school autumn was not the same. though. <laughs> yeah, not the same. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. And it's funny. We talk about like diversifying content and outside of YouTube. Um, cause you do do quite a different, you know, you, you're doing the live streams, you're doing a couple of different things. You have all these things. How do you, how do you kind of like balance that in between and, and how do you kind of look at your strategy? And, um, obviously YouTube is a, a big piece of what you do and where people can find you and follow you and do all that. But what is that like 
diversity strategy look like from a content perspective for you and a brand perspective, which we want to touch on too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely put most of my focus into YouTube because it is where I get the most impact from. I, hmm. I can reach more people. Um, I feel like I figured it out more than other platforms. I have, I don't think I figured out like Instagram. I hate Instagram so much. But do you think the I, audience, I Instagram like... is trash right now. Anyway, but do you think so the audience a, is yeah. more receptive? Like the people who are interested mm-hmm. in, in education the topics that you're covering, you know, nutrition and dietary needs and exercise science, are they more inclined to watch a 10 minute video than follow some, I hate to use the word influencer on, yeah. on yeah. Instagram or TikTok? You know, I think there's, I think there's a way to do it right. Like there are people I follow on Instagram that are in the space and I think that they do do it right, but I just don't have the time to do it right. Or at mm. least I feel, I put like a lot of pressure on myself to be really great at each of these categories, um, which is why I don't put much emphasis on Instagram. Cause I'm like, I, I know that I can't be great at it yet, maybe one day, um, but I can be great at YouTube and I can be great at blogs and I can be great at my email list and being able to give people really great information. But Instagram, I, I think there's a way to do it, it's just, I haven't cracked the code on that. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like having uh, these. You have these ancillary pieces that help drive traffic towards what really is the yeah. content and what really people want to digest is your right. There it is again. Um, that they that's where the content lives. That's what they that's what they want to do. Um, yeah. But no, I mean that's Seriously, kind of it. It's full like, circle. These are kind of other arms of social media. It's like hey, point to my YouTube. It's kind of the same when it's like you get a couple tidbits here and there, but it's like the real you know, the real thing is, is on the YouTube channel. That's where the content is, is coming from. That's right, where it lives in breeze. That's where you're getting your education from. That's where you get a little more yeah. format. It's not this TikTok bullshit. Um, <laughs> no offense to the TikTokers out there in the world. No, and I, I agree with you that on that because there's only so much information you can convey in even 60 seconds, which is why I haven't really jumped on the YouTube shorts um, whole train either because I just don't think that for what I have to share, it can get across in that short amount of time. And maybe that's why Instagram hasn't worked out for me because I, I feel like I do need a little bit more time to get an explanation across. Um, but yeah, the, the short form can be difficult to actually teach someone. I, feel, I, would I feel say the same way. Instagram, I would say Instagram is figuring itself out right now. Yeah. Instagram has an identity crisis and they're like a, uh, they're like a teenager that just doesn't know what they're doing. Well, I, I, can, yeah, I, can, I can definitely uh, agree with like having to figure out how to cut it because I am very much like, I listen to a lot of books on my phone. I listen to a lot of long form podcasts, but what I do is I break it up into like, you know, a couple, a couple runs, a couple walking the dogs doing all that. Yeah. Whenever I'm doing these things, I'm, I'm listening to my book or either a podcast. And so for me, it's like, it's hard for me to say, Hey, how can I break up this podcast into, you know, 10 different, you know, 10 minute segments and all these kind of things. It's very difficult for me to do that. I couldn't even imagine taking even the four minute video and making four 60 second shorts or things like that. So it's very, very understandable to be like, you're thinking, how can I condense my 10 to four, not four to six, uh, 60 seconds. Right. Right. And I think that also, at least from a business perspective too, I don't, I don't know that the shorts and the reels and whatever, all of those things, I don't know that they're going to be great for helping to actually um, help grow a business either. Because it is so, people are so used to 
to on that short format of just going to the next one and going to the next one. Right. Same thing with Instagram. You spend like 0.5 seconds on each picture. You're lucky. An interaction is what one full second, I think, maybe on Instagram. Um, so you don't really get the opportunity to build a relationship with someone to, to let them know what it is that you have to teach and, and what you can provide them with even that 60 seconds. Yeah. I, I mean, my my kind of final question in that is like, so your whole goal here, I guess, is to build – your your goal is not to become celebrity, right? And I'm going to pull that from Rhett and Link. I don't know if you watch GMM, but um, – mm-hmm. So the, so I, you're not to become celebrity and just get the one hit wonders and because I'm sure you could do that like keto coffee and do like a 60 second reel and do that and mm-hmm. and get a hundred million views or some something crazy but that wouldn't really grow the people who are interested in your channel. You're truly trying to focus right. on people who are interested in nutrition and fitness and health and well being. So you want to create right. content driven to them. Yeah, um, and. Thankfully, with MySpace, there are a lot of people who are interested in that. Like, they do want to learn more. They just don't know where to look or they feel like there's too much information out there. So it is, um, with a lot of my videos, there are quite a few that do do cast a wider net in terms of what it's actually covering. But I try and, and give someone information that they weren't expecting so that they can then see, oh, there's way more to this nutrition thing that maybe I had previously thought of just counting calories. I mean, honestly, you you opened my eyes to that in today's podcast and watching your channel. Like, I I can't even tell you how much you've opened my eyes to like what it truly means. And uh, I found the channel through Keto Coffee and the concepts there. My wife, I got to give her credit here. I doubt she's made it this far. Kat, if you have, thank you. Um, Thanks, Kat. (laughs) Yeah. And and she, she introduced us to your channel. But then like, it truly is exactly what you said, right? Like, it, it's much more than just eating healthy. It's, there's so much science behind it. And I, I can't thank you for, mm-hmm. for creating a great community here on the community that we love, which is YouTube. And and so JP is going to yeah. ask our two final questions. I don't have anything else, but um, oh, wait, I do. I, I apologize. So I think one thing can't we talked this. about this, be, it was something that, that was important and I want to make sure that we, we cover Um So part of the whole podcast itself is inspiration to someone else. You have a couple things in here about like foods that reduce anxiety, that cover anxiety. But there's a whole other thing that you have, which is like the anxiousness of being on camera, being a personality out here. And how have you grown through the past three plus years and how have you become a better person? What would you give to someone who is a little bit nervous about, you know, being a little getting bit on camera. Yeah, yeah, getting on camera, yeah. like putting Thing. themselves out there. How, how can you inspire someone to get to get past that? I think especially in the, this education space, a big anxiety and a big worry, especially for myself, was always just being an authority in the space and feeling like, maybe, am I an authority enough? Like, do I have the ability to speak on these topics? Um, like a bit of the imposter syndrome. And that's right. what the anxiety I suffered around that was definitely um, – a big component of, I was never too concerned about being on camera. I think cause I assumed no one would watch the videos. So it wasn't too much of a way. <laughs> so by the time that people were watching it, I got a little bit better at it. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it's already um, out there. But yeah, definitely with, with anxiety around being like that imposter of, of actually knowing that information, I think it helps keep me on my toes. 
it helps me with having this level of anxiety um, around making sure that I'm always not always right, but like on top of what's what's current, what the current knowledge is in nutrition, even though it doesn't feel comfortable to be anxious around that, it can actually be a tool that you use for your own benefit by making sure that you get ahead of that anxiety and always learn your craft, always get better at what it is that you are teaching someone so that you can give someone the best possible information and you know that you're on top of your game. Um, so it's probably not the healthiest way to deal with it, but it's I've definitely found that even though I went through a period of a lot of self-doubt with um, YouTube, especially when you know, there, there are like some guys doing reaction videos to some of my more um, popular videos. Um, after that, after wrestling with that whole concept, it made me realize that, okay, I can take that to my own benefit and make myself better and make myself um, a better nutritionist and be the po best possible nutritionist I can be so I can get ahead of that. Well, I think that goes to the whole theme of everything you're doing is like fighting the complacency, never following suit. You have to always be challenging yourself and, and changing what's coming into your body, either through your mind or through your mouth. And, right. you know, you can always edit and kind of manipulate the code that's going in there. And I think that's awesome because it really is got to be difficult once you start to get people who are putting reaction videos, but at the same time, understanding the fact that that's their entire channel, which is sad. That's social media, right? right? Like, yeah. got to get the clicks, got to get the views. Goes back to what we talked about early on, which is like titles, headlines. The Mediterranean yeah. diet is the best diet <laughs> according to this study. And then you look at the data, and it's like a subset of something, right? Not right, so, right. Yeah. No, yeah. And that was something else that, um, even as like a quote YouTuber, which I don't really feel like that describes me very much but even being someone in the space of youtube like i understand that i understand that someone else is doing this for the clicks and they see that right. this video is trending and so they want to jump on that trend wave however the thing that was so hard to deal with in the beginning is the fact that other people don't understand that and that they think that there's an actual beef between these people and that um you know like i've had so many right. people to this day still asking me like do you like are you and that guy okay like you don't understand like it's like literally for clicks yeah, yeah. I, honestly I we're okay because i've never fair. met the guy like it this is exactly. all through the internet this is not a real thing so right well right. i i think thank you for that because that really is helpful and i think i think if anyone is listening to this point and they want are are, are excited about like starting a channel and and nervous i think one thing that you said that's really helpful is become the thought leader become a leader in it, do your research, become an expert like you did. You, you got your master's degree in something. You have a, another master's degree in real life of doing these things for a decade or more. So I think it's awesome. Yeah. And I, I really I really was inspired by your channel. And I can't wait to uh, oh, put some so of much. those things into practice and watch many more videos. I even texted my uh, little sister. We She's very much into wanting to find the right diet for herself. And I was like, hey, mm -hmm you got to watch this girl because she will help you find what works for you. So thank you for that. And thank yeah. you for being a positive influence on uh, YouTube. Yeah. Thank you for spreading yeah. the word. And, it, and it's very much um, away from, you know, you have your traditional videos and their content, 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 whatever, but this is much more along the lines of like uh, self-help coaching, yeah. um, you know, mm -hmm. bettering yourself too, which is a, a great message, but it's also, you're, you're almost giving, it's funny, I look at this, um, and you mentioned chiropractor, I remember my chiropractor that I have now, and he's like, 
he's giving me like this holistic plan of like how to go through things and here's how you should live your life and this is why it's going to help you and i'm like you're the daughter of a chiropractor i'm like this kind of yeah. is starting to make sense makes now sense, i'm yeah. starting to see i'm starting to see a prescription yeah. of like how <laughs> to self-help and kind of how to work through this and like kind of be better about just your overall health and if you want to learn the education and you want to learn from it great if you're going to follow it directly whatever but at least you have the information that's out there right. so so good um I guess we, we always ask this question. We have a, a couple questions we'll ask. Um, I just thought of a random one, which was, especially for your channel, like what do you think your viewers are doing when they're watching your videos? Like, do you think they're cooking? Yeah. Do you think they tell they're me. sitting on the yeah. couch? Yeah, so what are they doing? <laughs> I've, and I've never asked this question Definitive before. answer. But I they, think it's we, not even... we, need to, we need to learn this. Like, are they on their way to the work? Are they commuting? Are they, like, what, what are your viewers get... doing? <laughs> I often get the um, comment which I was just like, think is hilarious. People be like, LOL, I'm eating an Oreo while watching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, I'm at, the, just... I'm at the Cheesecake Factory right now. Right. And I was just wait, I was waiting. And I just came across your keto diet and now I want to kill yeah. myself. <laughs> What's keto at? Um, that or a lot of people will like be going on walks. So especially because I and talk listen. about that so much. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people go on walks and listen to um, my videos. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. And yeah, you know, YouTube like, premium that's, that's members, come on. Yeah. <laughs> go for the ads. Dude, I don't, Sorry, this on. is a contention I've been, between. I've been, I've been premium. And I. I've been very angry with my, I'm a, I'm a YouTube connoisseur, 90, 95% of my content that I. I'm the host uh -huh. of a YouTube focused podcast and I still YouTube. watch ads. So. It, yeah. And it's like, this guy's over here. It's like, I will just, I will pay for your YouTube. Like, like we have a YouTube channel. Like I'll do a family plan. YouTube. But which sorry. is crazy. No, but, <laughs> but I like that because then you can, you can mute it, you can close it and put it in your pocket. Like a, which yeah. I can't, adult, which I can't do like an adult and you can go on a walk mm -hmm. and go about your business. I, um, I mean, no. I'm there too. I don't have premium either. So I'm the person who has to make sure I have a pocket big enough to that. Like I can put my phone in there and it's not going to click it out. I, yeah, I do the uh, I usually walk with with the uh, with the the pocket in the front of my my uh, my shirt, and I pop yeah. it there. Or like, luckily I live Who in the state of Pennsylvania. <laughs> I live in the state of Pennsylvania, and I have like uh, jackets. So when I walk in the winter with the dogs, yeah. um, we could do that. Yeah. But yeah. Sorry, I don't know. We're we're I guess we're sociopaths or something. Who who are not? <laughs> yeah. So, you know what? Uh, YouTube. So once you once you break a thousand so subscribers, your far... channel should get. This is YouTube. If you're listening, yeah. once you get once a thousand subscribers and you're monetized, you should get a free premium because then yeah. you're only going to promote yeah. that. Right. Yeah. There, there yeah. Go. I agree. I honestly like had that thought when I probably like two years ago when I was like first getting into watching a lot, or I guess three years ago, getting into watching a lot of um, YouTube. It's like, I'm a creator. Shouldn't I get like a free YouTube premium or something? I mean, come <laughs> no, on, that's how many? Bullshit. Once you get to a certain point, it's like, like how, how much revenue do I have to make you before yeah. you kick me back? <laughs> Hate to talk bad about YouTube, which I would never, ever do, ever. Well, um, we'll bring it no, up. But we'll, I think I think you should we'll get bring it. it and, and by the way, if any viewers have tell, met this far, and you're looking to Trevor, sponsor right? um, for for 19.99 a month, you can sponsor either Michael Weinstein or Bates <laughs> here for a YouTube channel. Um, I won't use it for that. I'll use skip it ads. It. You're gonna allow them to put their, you know, if you wanna, if if anybody's listening to this, or for if a, you wanna for a sponsor Michael Weinstein, diapers, cue the, cue size the, uh, yeah, the, what was this? Who did the who did the the sad dog commercial? But Sarah Michelle Gellar, Sarah McLaughlin, yeah. Sarah McLaughlin, that's what it is. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, so, so, so cue it up. No, I got one more question, yeah. which is, well, 
if you can make it through the ads on your own YouTube, who do you watch? Like, where do you pull inspiration from on YouTube? Do you pull inspiration from YouTube? Is there anybody out there that you're like, all right, shout out them. I follow them. They follow me. Like, do you have any YouTube relationships out there? Do you have any YouTubes that you watch that are related to you? And then uh, a, a side note to that, what do you watch for just outside of what you do now that you kind of just enjoy? Yeah, a really great channel that actually helped me get to where I am today. That I just passively have watched, never actually engaged. Actually, I did go to like a meetup once for them, so did do that. But um, it's Think Media. I'm not sure if you guys have seen of that. Of course, one. come on, What's it yeah, yeah, yeah. Think Media, of yeah, course. They're, they're, how they're to amazing. Get, how to get yeah, a thousand subscribers, yeah. right? Yeah, they pretty. I still listen to them. There's still always something to learn, and um, like while I'm getting ready to film my videos, I use it to like pump myself up to like re-excite me around YouTube. So Think Media, Sean Cannell, he's amazing, such an inspiring person um, and really great at getting his message across on how he wants to help people too. So mm -hmm. anyone who's looking to start a YouTube channel, that's the first thing I send him is Think Media. It's a really great, uh, that and um, Video Influencers, which is his other channel, both really Boom. There you go. great Clip channels it. to be watching. Yeah. And in terms of what I would just watch for fun, I'm so all over the place. Like I will watch PewDiePie, I will watch like. This is um, what we want. This is what we want right now. I want to see where. If you're, if you're watching where, like, PewDiePie, uh, I would imagine you're also watching. I want to say Beast, like, right? The, yeah, the fiance. The fiance is out of town. You're sitting on the couch and like, I'm gonna watch a couple of YouTube channels. I want to know what you're going into. Uh, a really big one where so I went to VidCon with like um, this one other YouTuber. Her name's Jade Darnalanza. She also has a channel on how she teaches people how to um, grow their YouTube channel. She's also great. But I went to VidCon with her and she was like, we've just gotten to know each other. And she's like, so what's like the embarrassing channel that you watch? And I was even like too embarrassed to say the embarrassing channel that I watched. I never even told her, but the channel that I embarrassingly love is like this fan theory channel on like Harry Potter and all, <laughs> Let's all of go. These. it's called super Carlin brothers. It's so cheesy, but it's something I'll throw on. Like when I'm just cooking and need something to like, it's laugh a, at cause they yeah. do it's a guilty yeah, pleasure. They, Total guilty pleasure. They have like the trivia that they'll do, and I'm obsessed with. You Harry Potter so. nerd? Love Harry Potter, of course. Yeah, Harry Potter. Okay, I have a question. I'd like to dovetail off of that real quick, and this is just more into the inside of, of what Harry Potter is. Is Harry Potter a fall movie or a Christmas movie? Fall. Oh. Uh... Right. Oh. Oh, this has been a question that JP has this been is a trying big to one. solve for I, I ask a uh, the longest time outside that I've of known podcasting. Yeah. It I've depends. Been for a long time. It depends which one you're talking okay. about. Okay. The first nope. one. Nope. The like series as a whole. Two? When do you start the no, no, series? Because no, no. you got to watch them all the way through. No, you can't just watch no, no, one. No, I disagree. I disagree. I never watch them all the way through. I We're always the when I get a first when I first am craving Harry Potter. It's always the third Harry Potter, and it's around Halloween because that is just like a Halloween movie. The whole thing. It's you don't watch them in consecutive order? No. Oh. And that's it for the podcast today. Thank you guys for being here. Um, <laughs> had a great time. Up the, I mean, how... This is... You this can't just a... skip. You have to start from the beginning. No. You're no, a history no, no. buff. You, you got to start from the history. But I've already seen them all, so I know what's going to happen. It's like you're in a specific mood for a specific type of Harry Potter. Like if you want something, like, dark and edgy, you go for, like, the fifth or sixth one. If you want like a Halloween, like kind of light. You're an one, all a cart. You you're an all a cart Harry Potter fan. Yeah. At this I point. even read the books out of order. Wow. That. Yeah. I mean, that, this is that a takes point of contention. Seri if anyone's I, made it this far, I'd yeah. like to hear I, from people. This I am. 
I understand the concept. I can't say I agree with it. Um, but but I, I'm I'm a I'm a series watcher. I I think JP is a Christmas uh, thought process on this. No, I go I go, go no. Clock. I like Halloween. I like to start. I think as soon as oh, um, I think starting yeah, at I Halloween. Think basically, is good. I think right after Halloween, as soon as November hits, you're I think you're. You're all right yeah. to kind of turn it on. Um, sometimes, no, no, and, and, and sometimes, and sometimes that. it could be right yeah. after Thanksgiving as well. You can do it after Thanksgiving as well. But there's, there's some, you know, depends draw, on how, how dedicated you are. The tight, you're working with a tight timeline there, in my opinion, because you got to get to, you got to yeah, get to the third is. one by, by like Christmas. You, yeah, you got to barrel through. No, you no, you have to have the third one by Halloween because it's a, like a Halloween movie. Oh yeah. Okay, well, there, well, okay, so there you go. So is that the one? And that, wait, wait. So you would is agree the third with one? Me? The third one's the one with the the giant in the basement. Sorry to no, ruin. Spoiler, spoiler alert. So yeah, spoiler. If you haven't watched Harry Potter <laughs> Spoil- at this point or read the books, I mean, big, if you haven't big heard spoiler of this alert. Thing called Harry <laughs> then then, Jeez, then go watch. Uh, what's what's uh her go new? Go check it out. Yeah, her Sorcerer's new series. Stone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll figure it out. You, you, okay. you've gotten there well, at this point in your life. Um, I'm, this is not a spoiler alert. Okay. Like, it, but, but so, sh- yeah, definitely. You should watch You should watch them in order though. I just don't. So I, the third I, one is the one in the, which is the if one with never the, never seen it. Like yeah. That. Okay. If you have, I still recommend starting from the beginning. Well, yeah. <laughs> a little out of order is fine. <laughs> no, I think, no, that's good though. So, so you follow this fan fiction thing, any other, any, or not fan fiction, but I guess, uh, do you, do you follow any other channels like beyond that? Like do you follow like cooking follow, shows yeah. or there's gotta be some cooking shows and things like that. No, actually, no, weirdly. I don't follow anything cooking related. Um, it's mostly like anything not to do with nutrition just because I'm so immersed in nutrition in every other aspect of my life. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's like the Harry Potter fan type of things um a lot of just comedy stuff like the, just uh shane dawson yeah i don't know who, i don't know who shane dawson me either but i'm gonna look him up now we'll look him up yeah this is this is a this is a no, this is good this is educational this is educational for us. for us as well as it's also like who else should we reach out to because my whole thing is like the biggest drain of our podcast is like we're stuck within the minds of myself and jp Right, it's right. A sick place to be. Yeah, I mean it's not that <laughs> sick. Come on, we've done fifty-eight episodes to this point. It's pretty good, but it is very yeah. focused on like skateboarding, cars, uh, uh, food, things that we enjoy. So, like, how what do you enjoy, and we can expand our. our I mean, there is one you probably seen him. I I forget if I'm saying his name right, but he blew up. I, his name's Joshua Weiss Weissman, I think. He's in the cooking yeah. space. And, yeah, yeah, um, Joshua. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember he had like, you know how YouTube sends out like a monthly thing to all creators, like yeah. creator spotlight, like creator on the rise. I remember um, he had, he was featured in that and he had like 50,000 subs. I was like, Oh, I'll subscribe, subscribe to him. That's pretty cool. He's a cooking channel. Now he's at like millions. So he's Four, killing it. He's doing 4.72 million. And I've reached Holy out to him and, and Joshua, I'm sure you're listening to this. No, but he, he has some good stuff. And I followed like <laughs> um, his, his spicy ramen. I've followed a bunch of his recipes. Um, and we just had not another cooking show on last week, um, which oh, was okay, a fantastic, cool. that was a good one. Um, but we've got a couple other people like um, I think of one that comes to mind, and especially um, kind of uh, in your alley of what of what you do in kind of nutrition is uh, Ethan Jabowski, who I would also we're, we're also, you know, I'd like to get him on as well because cooking is a big, big passion of mine. Um, mm-hmm. And he likes to take recipes and say, all right, here's the recipe. Now, I'm going to make a I'm going to make kind of like a, a 
a, a healthier version of that and compare the two and do them side by side and I'm gonna show you all the yeah. steps and he's and he's a real like how do you how do you say like apartment kitchen startup guy which I love yeah I love that like I love that gritty like you know what I just got something I think I'm gonna make something of it so it's, it's very similar to what you did it's right like, this is what I'm good at this is what I want to do this is what I'm passionate about I'm gonna stick to it and yeah. Ethan Chabowski yeah. look him up He's got I'll great recipes. That's like he'll he'll say like here's this recipe that you know is going to be full fat. Here's this. Here's this with some substitutes, some other things that'd be good. And he's actually, I would say he's right along the lines with Joshua Weissman um, as far as like. Oh really? You know, yeah, yeah. They're they're yeah. It's very interesting. I think he's a good follow. Cook, um, check him cooking out. could yeah, be check him out. cooking could be a a great addition to your channel. But that, that's yeah. all the yeah. that's all the questions I have for 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 my side. JP, you want to roll us out? Yeah, no, that's it. Um, I think I've, I think that that's it. No, I appreciate you being here. Appreciate you talking about just kind of the origin of like, you know, who who young Autumn was going through those uh, those grocery store aisles, reading ingredients, <laughs> yeah. going back and writing them down, and kind of making those recipes and how you got to where you are today. It's always funny. We talk to YouTubers all the time, and and the most interesting story that's never told on their channels is how they got to where they are. So we really appreciate you sharing that with us and telling us how you got there. And, and for the, us, it means the world to us. We love it. So thank you so much. For the seven-year-old director yeah. would be so proud of you now because you really are. Like, you're directing your own film twice a week. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you guys so much for having me on. I love YouTube. I love what it's done for my life. And I, I love how I get to share and talk about nutrition all day, every day because of it. So thank you for sharing my story. Yeah. Well, thank you Absolutely. for coming on. Anytime. So 500,000 subscribers, um, you will see when uh, when Autumn gets there, she will be redoing the pull-up video. Take-two pull-up video. Take-two pull-up video. Take yep. pull video. It's got one point. It's got one point. Totally two of their podcasts. <laughs> yeah, 1,700 views right now, but it's going to keep going up. Um, no, so, but but seriously, thank you for being here. We appreciate it. It means a lot to us, and it's great to hear your story. So thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. And so with that being said, uh, you know, yep. Socials, just hit, hit just socials, like uh, yeah, so everything in the in it will be in the description below. All of her uh, information. We didn't even get to talk about the difference between the name of your brand and your YouTube channel. <laughs> that will be in the next follow up video. Hopefully, when we can do it in Manhattan Beach area. Uh, well, now you've moved, so we'll uh, figure. I'm in Santa Barbara now. Santa Barbara, so we'll have to figure that one out. Uh, which I, my geography of California is clearly terrible. I don't know if they're close or not, but uh, we will figure that one out uh, in 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 time. So why don't you let us know where everyone can follow you, where they can find you, where you're going, what to look out for, because I know there's something on the future that you want to share here and let us know. So um, at this point, yeah. guys, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Follow us and follow Autumn for... I mean, it's really, it's going to change your freaking life. Like it, yeah, be better. Hit a button, do it and be better. <laughs> it won't hurt you. So thank you so much for being on the show and let us know where you're going. Yeah. Um, well on socials at, um, for Instagram, I'm at autumn L underscore nutrition. So L like E L L E. And then for same thing for my website where I have a, a ton of blogs, just as many blogs as I do videos, autumnlnutrition.com. Um, obviously YouTube, just autumn Bates, the only one I like didn't brand for everything else, um, just my name <laughs> and yeah, and that's it. So, um, I, I do have, we talked a little bit about this. I have a free upcoming five day smoothie challenge, um, that I'll be launching where it's like five free recipes for everyone that they can check out and participate in for a, just a way to dip your toe in nutrition, understand how things work just by changing one meal. Um, so I have that coming up. I'll be sharing it on my YouTube channel, on my 
news weekly newsletter, blog, Instagram, all of that. So you guys can check that out. Um, but yeah, I also have my complete and fasting bundle programs that have helped thousands of people at this point now. So that's also a really great place to start if you are new to intermittent fasting and if you want more of that step-by-step process. Yeah. And so if, if you didn't know everything that she just said is in the description below as well as links. So you can just click, go right there, figure it out, join the five day, uh, challenge because i'm definitely going to do it I, i'll figure it out i, I want to try it out let's see how, yeah, how it goes you what, what, yeah. i mean what do you have to lose it's five days right exactly Nothing. so exactly. i'm gonna and check it out free. yeah it's free exactly just like hitting that <laughs> subscribe button and ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you Absolutely. so much for coming on and telling your story this was fantastic i really can't wait till one day we can get together and just really learn more about you do a day in the life with you or do something really cool that'd be awesome um yeah this is yeah, really maybe been... one day i'll actually film it well we can film it for you um yeah so <laughs> yeah, it, it would be it, you know it, it's been an awesome journey with you learning about how you got to youtube and everything to this point makes total sense so thanks everyone for listening uh we wouldn't be here without you guys and neither would autumn so autumn thank you and congratulations on your upcoming wedding uh enjoy the day it goes super fast uh yeah yeah really fast uh jp uh set your date uh but autumn congratulations on the date and the venue choice uh it's it's really super fun uh it's the best day of your life yeah it's gonna be great uh so we're really excited yeah yeah i i can only i mean i was there (laughs) what two years ago so it's been amazing yeah and then the next chapter if you guys choose to do so it goes really quick the days that you think are fast right now when you have a little one i mean it's crazy it's been a year and a half yeah it's cool trevor's ready with the dad jokes he is well he's warming up he's warming up i'm I'm gonna give him i'm gonna give him a seven out of ten let's not (laughs) get a hit okay because he's recycling the same joke he's recycling the same (laughs) jokes we gotta you know we gotta get going but i feel like that's the dad joke protocol is recycling the same joke like that's what makes the dad joke does he have a recycling lawnmower yet because if he's not recycling on the lawn he can't recycle the joke yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, um, I'm just saying. But also, just saying. Uh, and then, you know, yeah, <laughs> from there. But uh, thanks so much. Appreciate you being here. Great chatting yeah, with thank you. thank you, guys. Um, and learning about what, you, what you've done. So, yeah, yeah, appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thank thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, have a great day. Hey, guys, it's Mike. Thanks so much for listening today. We had so much fun recording this podcast, and we can't wait for the next episode. Check out our Instagram channel to find out who the next guest is going to be and submit your questions so you can get featured on the show. While you're at it, why not subscribe to our YouTube channel and watch some of the podcasts that we have available. Thanks so much, and we can't wait for the next episode.